what kind of men do we really want to be? Do we want to be like everybody else? Because if, if we're calling ourselves leaders and we're calling ourselves alpha males, but then we're acting the same way that other men act, are we really alphas or are we all just hyenas chasing after like the same object? Peace Over Violence is a nonprofit organization dedicated to building healthy relationships, families, and communities free from sexual, domestic, and interpersonal violence. On their website, they have a blog post titled, After Me Too, What's Next? It reads, It is time for men to challenge their gender to a higher calling. It's time for men to realize that male violence against women is a men's issue. So I sat down with two of their representatives, Brittany Soto and Rashad Beal, to talk about the movement and what it means for guys like me. Please take note, this episode deals with the topics of sexual harassment, abuse, and rape. This is Straight White Guy Listening. I wonder if these mics are going to pick up my cats, like, just being cats in the background. That's Rebecca. She's my producing partner and the co-creator of this show. Do you think there's room for men in the Me Too movement? Uh, I think so. I mean, we don't, we can't co-opt it, of course. Well, yeah, and I'm not saying it's like that it's meant to be one or the other. I would say it's obviously like predominantly women, and that's where it kind of had its birth from. But I'm just curious, like your point of view on that too, as as it grows and and it kind of has a snowball effect, and of course, out of that can come backlash and everything else. But are there certain things that you're hoping to like learn about or? Yeah, I guess what where I'm coming from from my own point of view, is like the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm using a lot of analogies to other movements, but Black Lives Matter, I'm a white person, but I support what they're trying to do. And I feel like with Me Too, uh, it's somewhat similar. I, I don't like it. Likewise, I don't want to co-opt it, but I think there is a place for men, male-identified people, to be a part of that and to be a supporter of it and not perpetuate the same problems they're already there. I mean, I'm sure there's even some women that don't know how to join the Me Too movement. So maybe this discussion will give them something too. I think that's what I'm really looking for as a way in for people that aren't as familiar, a way that they could feel they could support the movement. It kind of relates back to like the series as a whole. And it's like, you know, these moments in time with such a tipping point that it's like stirring this like need to open our eyes and learn more and and realizing that we have so much more to learn and grow. It's like why we like started the series. How much is it gonna take how many more times do we have to tell you these traumatic experiences before the people listening do something? That's the voice of Brittany Soto. She's a communications and events manager at Peace Over Violence. She is also a survivor. That's where I think there's been this call um, out to men to say, this isn't a women's issue, this is a men's issue. We know that men are most commonly the perpetrators of this crime and men are victims of those same men or men in general also so what are you going to do now because we can only tell our stories for so much if they fall on deaf ears and this movement itself the anti-violence against women movement has been going on for so long 
when we look back at old messaging, it's the same myths. It's the same culture that is perpetuating these crimes. So something's got to give, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't only be survivors have to report, survivors have to say this happened to them, because we know that it doesn't always end in someone's favor, and to ask someone to go through that process is a lot. It should be a choice. It's just calling on people and seeing how institutionally, how are we enforcing these, this culture. And yes, not every man is raping women, but how are we engaging in dialogue with other men where jokes are being made or women's experiences are being minimized, being sexually harassed in, uh, in bars and on the streets, just laughed off or just something to be expected or to, to witness or to do or that sort of thing. So it's looking at much more than, it's not enough that you just don't rape women. That's good, that should be a given, but what more? What more are you gonna do? I think that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm starting to realize like, this has been going on and I am complicit by being a part of the society and by being part of the culture and moving into that place where it's allying myself with survivors, against the powers that uh, continue this behavior. Yeah, it's kind of taking it beyond just like witnessing and just being there, but actively doing something, whether it's checking in with the person, making sure, are you okay? Calling out someone who's um, taking advantage of somebody who's drunk, calling out your friends if they're making a joke about rape or about someone or using sexist or even racist language, and just taking that extra step, not to just be there and be present and like, I don't agree with that, but to take it an extra step and do something. Uh, the people that consider themselves good people, the people that want to help heal or stop violence from continuing, we don't always know how to deal with it, and people who should be allies to feel that freedom to help be part of the process. Yeah, it's a lot to even just listen and validate survivor experiences and acknowledge them and think, okay, I wanna do something. So just educating yourself on like, what can I do? Because it can be so easy when we, we don't experience so many things, when we have you know, our own privilege that it's easy to separate ourselves from it, but knowing that it's still wrong, and so kind of putting ourselves in those uncomfortable situations and saying, you know, thank you for sharing your experience, and now I'm gonna go and talk to my friends about Denim Day, or I'm gonna talk to them about, like, in college, the worst thing that I I felt like is the easiest thing for people to stop saying is when they would say, um, when they would use rape in, like, everyday language like after a final like oh I got totally raped by that final and how like stupid that sounds but then also how triggering that is that you are equating my experience of rape with an exam and how you felt like you have no other words to describe that experience so it's like a shift in language a shift in interactions a shift in um not minimizing uh, sexual harassment and assault and rape and all of that. So it doesn't mean that you have to save, men don't have to come in and save the day, but make conscious changes and conscious efforts and hold space for survivors and let them share their stories if they want to or when they want to. 
just shifting the culture. If we need to shift the culture, it seems clear to me that men need to talk to one another about how to accept responsibility for their part in it. Rashad Beal, the Schools Over Violence Program Manager. You know, like, I, once I realized what was going on, then I started to do the education. And that was just me, just wanting to figure out, you know, what is it all about? Because I've always been like that, even as a boy, you know, I wanted to put together puzzles and Lego sets and construction sets, and, the, and that was mainly just me wanting to figure out how things work and what's going on. So as an adult, it's, it was the same thing, trying to figure out, you know, why is this like this? How, how are we doing um, in this society where we're um, basically structuring everybody? Once I realized that, you know, then it just crossed over into bigger issues like sexual harassment, sexual assault, and rape, where, you know, I start to realize, oh, you know, was I like a bad guy, you know, like in my youth of interacting with women or in my early adulthood, it's like, you know, these things that I would say to women or things that I would think was just normal cat and mouse game or just the, the the chase of like trying to get a woman was this normal or was it not and then you know talking to the women it's like I realize it's not normal I mean it's normal but it's not okay and they never thought it was okay but they go along with it because you know that's our society and it's like you're taught from a, girls are taught from an early age you know if you want to have a husband if you want to be in like a relationship you know you have to just give up these certain things these certain rights and guys don't get taught that girls are being fed this information, so we're just thinking it's normal. So, you know, a girl walks by you and, you know, you think, you think she's beautiful or whatever, like you'll reach out and grab her hand and try to pull her to you to just get to know her or whatever. And, you know, even that is just like, you know, you didn't have the right to just touch her, you know, but we don't, we don't think in those terms because we're trying to figure out, you know, who we are as men as well. And even when we're younger boys, we're trying to figure out how is it that this dating game is supposed to go. You know, it's easy to kind of point fingers and like these are a bunch of bad dudes out there. Right. Uh, doing the harassment or her, uh, mm -hmm. assaulting women or being violent. And I think I'm kind of dealing with the idea that there is something larger behind all of this when you start to look at how society treats men and women differently. What's the next step, I guess? I think the first thing is to is to be able to separate like the systemic from the personal. So I think a, a lot of times when we talk about these uh, word, these big words like privilege and oppression and um, discrimination, you know, we take it personally. You know, we say like, again, you know, I'm not a Harvey Weinstein, I'm not a Bill Cosby, you know, I'm not Clarence Thomas, I'm not out there, you know, harassing women like this, and I'm not out there raping women like this, you know, so why are, why are the women calling all of, all of us trash? Why are they calling me trash, you know? Why are they saying that, like, you know, I'm a bad man? And I think once you start to just reconcile with yourself that um, this is a system and that, you know, it's not really your fault that you can start to understand that, you know, even though it's not your fault, you do have some responsibility to try to change it because you're part of the privilege. Can you really call yourself like one of the good guys if 
you're not the one, if you're not helping women like stand up against you know these kind of guys like how is it able that you know Harvey Weinstein or you know other guys were able to like do this for so long you know and you realize that again it's because we're not challenging each other you know again we're congratulating each other for certain things you know that um that are wrong and we we really need to understand that the first step of course is taking a little bit of responsibility and saying you know what have i done you know and i'm not saying you got to go out and like find every woman that you've ever slept with or interacted with and be like do a whole um interrogation as to like what did i do wrong tell me I, what i did wrong teach me you know i want to be better that kind of stuff it's just recognizing that some of the things that you've done and that we've done um, were a lot, you know, that we've been congratulated for, like these things were a lot. Like why were we congratulating each other and why aren't we, you know, checking each other when we see some of these actions play out? Once you take that responsibility and say like, this isn't personal, this isn't about me uh, being a bad guy, this is just about me being part of a bigger system that traps little boys and grows them into like the kind of men that perpetuate this violence. If you're on a bus and you see a man harassing a woman or grabbing a woman, like you're not grabbing or harassing that woman, right? But is that woman still being harmed? Yes. And could you do something like be an upstander and try to intervene? Yeah, you could. And it doesn't always even have to be physical where you're saving her, you know, like we see in the movies. But it could just be something like, you know, stop or like I'm going to call the police or, you know, just doing something to intervene instead of just sitting back and saying like, well, that's not my business. I don't really know what's going on. And, you know, just allowing it to happen. And then um, once you realize that you do have that responsibility to be an upstander based on your privilege as a man. You know, I mean, I think I feel this thing where challenging another man, there's like this idea of like, chill out, dude, get right, out of my right. business. Yeah, like, yeah. Just relax, I yeah. got this. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, was I overreacting? So I, I feel like as a man, it's hard to go up to another man. Absolutely. And be like, what you're doing is wrong. Because they're like, who are you? Absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, you have to realize that you're not gonna, you're not gonna reach every guy, right? Because there's there's some guys that are just too far into this whole um, man game to where like they're not ready to accept, you know, what you're trying to tell them, right? But we just have to understand like we just have the responsibility to intervene and try, you know. And it, it, it's hard as hell to like talk to other guys, you know, because for one, if it's our guys that we have relationships with, you know, they may have seen us as we were growing up. You know, they may have seen us mistreat women. You know, they may have seen us act the same way that they're acting. So for us to come back at a later date and be like, hey man, cut that out, that's not cool. It's like, like, come on dude, like you used to do the same thing. Don't, are you becoming like, you know, this, this pansy or, you know, this, um, the word that we like to call each other, like don't be a bitch, right? You know, like we like to say those things to each other because we want we don't want to be challenged. You know, like we don't want another man to tell us what we're doing wrong. We like you said, it's all about the we got it. You know, I mean, we got this like this is, you know, she's just playing hard to get, you know, like leave me alone. Let me do what I do. And 
you know, that's just the honest truth of it. It's hard to, to talk to other guys, but you just got to, in my experience, again, it's a process. It's not, you're not going to talk to your homeboy one day and change his whole, like, outlook and view on women and on life. So you have to just, a little bit at a time, you know, you challenge him. You know, you tell him, like, hey, man, that's not cool. And, you know, if you're hanging out with your homeboy or something like that and he's treating women like this, you know, you tell him, like, I'm not going to hang out with you um, if you're going to keep acting like this because, you know, this isn't how, you know, we should be acting. And then you could challenge him in a way of saying, is this the kind of man that you want to be? Like, who taught you, who taught us that this is how we're supposed to interact with women, right? Who taught us? And then that's where guys a lot of times will look back and, and they don't know. We don't, we don't know, like, a, we can't pinpoint a direct moment where somebody told us, you know, this is exactly how you be a man and how you interact with women. It's just what we see, like, our entire lives growing up, interactions from middle school, high school, college, um, dating scenes, like, this is all we see. So, again, it's something that's, it's, we're looking at as, it like, it's not normal for a guy to, like, respect women the way that we should respect them. It's not normal for a guy to, like, tell us, you know, like, we shouldn't be t grabbing girls or we shouldn't continue buying drinks for that girl who's already looking a little drunk. You know, like, it's not cool to just try to take her home because she's drunk. You know, this isn't the kind of men that we want to be. Like, what kind of men do we really want to be? Do we want to be like everybody else? Because if we're calling ourselves leaders and we're calling ourselves alpha males, but then we're acting the same way that other men act, are we really alphas or are we all just hyenas chasing after, like, the same um, the same object? It's okay to be, like, sexually attracted to somebody, but then, you know, the way that you act on that is where, like, the problem can can lie. So, you know, like, you see a beautiful woman and, you know, you're attracted to her physically, like, that doesn't mean that you're wrong because you look at her and you're physically attracted to her. It only makes you wrong when you look at her and you say, okay, this is, I'm attracted to her physically and this is a thing that I can do what I want with. You know, or like, I want to do such and such um, action with such and such body part of that woman. You know, instead of, you know, taking the time to say like, um, you know, is she a person? Well, of course, yeah, like, yeah, she's a, a human being and I don't I shouldn't be just looking at her as like a piece of meat you know you, know, you touch on something that I haven't really thought about that much but it's the way that us men talk about women like even if you're not someone who's like grabbing when we are like mm -hmm. oh man I would do XYZ to that girl I mean it seems obvious but I never even really compared those two things that even mm -hmm. just the way you and your friends talk about women can reinforce the negative things right so imagine how it feels when like a woman is walking down the street and she came and get from like Wilshire to 6th Street you know without being catcalled three times right and the guys are just leering at her or she has to always like check like what am I wearing you know is it me mm -hmm. and she has to experience it every day and then she goes to work and she has to experience it at work you know she has to be worry about like is my work attire really work attire or is it going to make this guy um, over there by the water cooler, you know, want to talk to me a little bit longer and say things about me or, you know, just all these different scenarios that I've found out that women go through in their heads on a daily basis. From the time that they wake up, they're worried about how they're going to be viewed the rest of the day. 
Yeah, you're talking about work, and it's like, I think people do feel a little on edge now about how you relate. Do you hug at work or whatever? Mm -hmm. And some people get a little too reactionary backlash. To yeah. Like, oh, man, I can't even say, like, someone looks good in this yeah. new haircut. I mean, do you have any <laughs> tips for, like, how to just be, like, checking your own behavior without shutting down, I guess? For the most part, like, just go to work, dude. Like, you know, I just I just go to work and, you know, I do my job and I'm not worried about, oh, if I if I hug this coworker, she's going to press charges because like I'm not even thinking of like I have to be going around hugging people. You know, if I if I hug a coworker, you know, first again, you know, I'll ask that person, you know, do you need a hug or can I give you a hug? And if they say yes, then like I'll give them a hug. But I'm not like holding them too long and I'm not you know letting my hands wander and I think that you know that just goes to like how we have to change the work culture because for so long it's been deemed as normal like you know you comment on your female co-workers and a lot of times the females are the are the minority in the situation like women aren't out here accusing men of sexual harassment just for speaking to them and I think that's the thing that we have to realize is that women aren't out to get men Women just want to be treated fairly and equally. And they want to be able to move around the workplace the same way a man would, you know, without being harassed or put in a position where they can't do their job as effective as they, as they want to. You know, we have to understand that there's a power structure. And that's where a lot of this stuff comes from is like the power structure. Because men have the power and men have always had the power in the workforce. And so they're a we're able to like get away with certain things because of this power structure. It is a power structure. Right. So I think even men are afraid of losing their job. And they yeah. see, like, maybe the boss is drinking and asking a woman to come in afterwards. And you're like, you see it and you're like, that seems inappropriate. Mm -hmm. But you can't necessarily bust in the boss's office and right. be like, I mean, do you check in with the, the woman later uh, and be like, hey, is there any, are you okay? I mean, are you like a police officer going around I mean you know if you see something you should say something and I mean like it just depends on do you want to be complicit honestly like you know I wouldn't suggest checking in afterwards because something might have happened that you could have prevented and you checking in afterwards it um it could be helpful but it, it's, it might be too late mm -hmm. you know so for instance you know you see the CEO calling it a new hire you know into his office you know you could just maybe ask her you know Oh, can you just help me with something real quick? Because I need, I'm having a problem with my computer. You know, that's a way to intervene to just kind of give her that out. Yeah. And what I know is like women do this with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. If they see um, a woman talking to a guy and the guy seems a little creepy and seems a little like he's got other intentions, like they'll intervene to the point of saying like, hey girl, you know, like I haven't seen you in so long. Let's catch up. And they may not even know that person, but it's just a way of intervening. And I think that guys, we can't, we just can't be afraid to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, like if we see somebody getting hurt, you know, we should step in. If we see somebody um, headed toward a situation where they're clearly uncomfortable, you know, we should check in or ask, you know, or say like, you know, not necessarily like, sir, stop, you know, like, <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> or, um, you know, do you need help? But just, you know, <laughs> figure out some kind of ways to, you know, just intervene and yeah. say like can I get you away from this place to this place just yeah. for a second 
You know what I mean? Because a lot of times the the woman would just be so grateful to know that there's somebody who sees what she's seen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times, again, she might think like, is this normal? Is this what's supposed to happen? Like, does he, does the boss call all the new hires, you know, over to his table or up to his office like this? You know, I don't know. So when somebody else, and especially a guy is saying like, you know, I see the same thing you're seeing, like that can be very helpful. You know, I was, I was talking to one of my buddies about this, and I was like, hey, uh, I'm going to go talk and kind of learn more about Me Too, sexual harassment. He's on the dating scene. Mm -hmm. So it's like part of masculinity that they teach you is being assertive. And then, like, yeah. you know, a woman likes a man that takes charge. Right. And all these. A real can, man. A real right. man, yeah, yeah. All those. And then you want to be confident or whatever, but also want to be sensitive. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, any guys that are out there that are still in the dating scene that aren't, they're trying to be aware, but in dating, you're supposed to take some chances. You're supposed to maybe go for a kiss. Mm -hmm. But Who you told also, you that? But, yeah, I guess so, <laughs> right. yeah. Maybe you're not. I, I mean, I guess the question. I that, mean, I'm not, you could, but, yeah, again, yeah. who told you that? I mean, Disney, I guess, is like, you know, <laughs> I mean, is it? consent all the time is it um consent like I, I love talking about consent because we never really learn consent because if you if we're really honest with ourselves as far as guys um like where do we really start to learn about sexual relationships porn right like you know either we're um sneaking somebody's magazine and looking at the female body like that or you know we're watching pornography and seeing women and men engage in, in sexual acts where we're seeing the power structure work out like that. Um, when we talk about consent, you know, we don't really see it play out. You know, we don't see it in pornography. We don't see it in movies. You know, again, like you said, we see in, a, in the romantic movies, we see like this, um, this suave guy who, you know, like you said, takes chances and, you know, goes in for the kiss or continues to like pressure the girl until he get until he can get what he wants like even the notebook which is mm -hmm. widely heralded as one of these the greatest like romantic movies ever right and women love it too you know but it's, it's ryan gosling right yeah, yeah ryan gosling's character like there's a scene where you know he is is hanging off of a of a um a ferris wheel or something he's like hanging off of it and he's telling her like you know um i want to go on a date with you and you know, I'm gonna hang here until you say yes to the date. I'm gonna ask you one more time. Will you? Or will you not go out with me? Oh, uh, go out with him, honey. Okay, okay, fine. I'll go out with you. Well, don't do me any favors. No, no, I want to. Say it. I want to go out with you. Say it again. I want to go out with you. All right, all right, we'll go out. You know, just like that fear, right? And he's he's pressuring her into going on a date with him. And the movie is romanticizing it and making it seem like, oh, you know, like he's willing to do anything to go out on a date with this girl. And, you know, we receive these messages. And then when we get into the dating scene, we're not even thinking about consent. Again, we're trying to gauge from her body language or from her just not saying no, if it's all systems going, if we're clear to like make our moves. You know, so again, like in the past, it's always been no means no. And that, that gave us the, the right to just 
um, try to make our moves. And as long as she doesn't say no or get off me or you jerk or whatever, like we're we're okay and everything's okay. But a lot of times we're not understanding that um, when you say no means no, you're taking out the element of um, of fear. Mm. And the girls and the women, they may be afraid to say no. Like, again, they're taught that they have to have a boyfriend. They're taught that they have to have a husband. Uh, you know, they have to do certain things in a dating relationship. And if they're not doing that, then they're prude, they're stuck up, you know, what's wrong with them? Don't they want to get married? Don't they want to have children? You know, don't they want to get this guy? And so the so then that just messes up the whole flow of the relationship because who has all the power again? The guy. And he has the power to like make the moves and um, sleep with the girl. And a lot of times he's not asking about her, like, are you okay? It seems like asking for consent is like weak. Like you're not supposed to say like, oh, would you like to have intercourse with me now? Like, you know, and you're not like, that's not what we're trying to <laughs> tell uh, guys to do is it's not about being corny when you're checking for consent. It's just about, you know, understanding that this is, you're trying to engage in a sexual relationship and it's important. And when you're engaging in a sexual relationship, you should want the other person to be just as excited and engaged as you are. Consent is, to me, is very easy. You know, when you're on a date, you know, you're, um, you're talking to the person, you're getting to know the person, and if it gets to that point where you want to go back for the nightcap or anything like that, you just practice permission. It's simple as permission. Like, you ask, like, is it okay if we leave this place? Like, or you want to get out of here? They might say yes or no, whatever. If they say yes, okay, that's the first step. You've got consent there, so you leave. Then when you're, like, in the Uber or you're headed back to somebody's place, it's like, oh, can I come up? You know, she says yes. If she says no, like, then you have to understand, like, maybe that's not cool. It's not your job then to be like, well, okay, now it's a game. Now I have to <laughs> convince her to let me up, right? Yeah. Like, because that's when you're going to get yourself in trouble because mm -hmm. you just don't know. You're not getting the consent. But let's say that she says, yes, come up. So, okay, then boom, second uh, round of consent. So you go up. And you're in the house, like, do you want a drink? You know, yes, like, boom, you're both, like, drinking together. And um, it's and it's it's fine at that point. And then, like, that's when it gets tricky to, like, okay, are we gonna are we about to have sex? Like, how do I ask her if she's okay with us having sex without making it awkward? You know, so then what I tell guys, like, even in high, like high school boys, you know, I say, you know, ask her if she wants you to get a condom, you know, mm -hmm. like, that's a simple way to, yeah. to check for consent, you know, mm -hmm. because then if she says, oh, yeah, you know, like, let's get a condom. Then you know that, OK, you're still good. Mm -hmm. And like basically, guys, we want to play dumb, but mm -hmm. we're, we're smarter than that. And we know when we're in a situation when a woman is just as into it as we are. And we know when we're doing a little too much to try to convince her to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And so, like, if we could just use a little bit of common sense, you know, let's try to um like understand the trauma that we've been through being socialized in this in this box of like masculinity and and having to conform to this box and in order to be considered like a real man so let's understand that that's trauma and that you know we've been we've gone through this and then understand that we also have to be accountable for our actions so like yes we've been through trauma but yes we have to be accountable for our actions that harmed other people because it isn't about us individually, it's about us being a part of a bigger system that this, and this bigger system is the system that harms women. You know, and we're just a part of it.
And so in order to stop the violence against women, we have to help. We have to start talking to our friends, talking to our guys, stop sharing rape jokes or laughing at rape jokes and, you know, kind of perpetuating the normalcy of, of rape culture, you know, and, and start to do things to where we can make change and make the world safer for everybody, you know, make it safer for uh, women that we know and we have relationships with and women that we don't know and we don't have relationships with just so that we have a safe environment for us all. Well, for listeners who are survivors, you know, men, women, boys, girls, um, non-gender conforming, um, just know that it's not your fault. It wasn't your fault. No one deserves that. And if you have experienced it, there are resources, there are trained advocates. So just to know it's not your fault. And that's hard to take in, but as much as you can. And for people listening, who want to know what they can do, it's honestly as simple. It's starting at just believing survivors. It's not your place to decide what happened to that person. To be true, just believe them. You're not there. If someone's coming to you, they're coming to you because they obviously feel some kind of comfort level with you. So take that in and give them options or just listen and believe them. Straight White Guy Listening is produced by Graham High and Rebecca Brighthot. For other episodes, please visit our website at straightwhiteguylistening.com or follow us at SWG Listening on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to Peace Over Violence, to Brittany Soto, to Rashad Beal. All music composed by Poddington Bear and provided by the Free Music Archive. Visit Peace Over Violence at peaceoverviolence.org. Their 24-7 rape and assault hotline is 626-793-3385. For further education, visit RAIN at rain.org. Please share the show with your friends and family. You never know who is willing to listen and learn. We would also like to open up the conversation to you, our listeners. If you want to be heard and have something to say, give us a call and leave a voicemail at 714-409-6396. We're looking for perspectives that open minds and create connection. We'd love to share this platform with you. Thank you for listening.